Well, morning, everyone. I don't know whether I can get more excited about what God is doing. Not only in this class, but also in the service on Sunday morning, especially through the preaching of the word. I'm not looking for self-approbation. You know what that means? Peter, you're great. I'm not looking for that. I don't want that. I don't like it. So don't do it. Approbate and praise the Holy Spirit. Correct? But how many of you have noticed the presence and power of the Holy Spirit on Sunday mornings in this church in the last several months? I've been in this church, Gene and I have been in this church for, what, 41, almost 42 years. How many of you were here in 78, April of 78? None of you. And this season, and hopefully it's a continuing one. Who? Oh, that's right. Turner, I didn't see you back there, Turner. Turner's the only one. This season is a season of, I think, of increased and continual power of the Holy Spirit among us. So let me encourage you to do this. I do this regularly. Why? I have to. Because I am afraid not to. I literally am afraid not to. Father, endue us with what? Power. Power. There are a lot of things I need in my life. But one of the most basic things, and perhaps the most basic thing, is the outworking of the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Well, this morning we're going to continue to talk about how the Holy Spirit fulfills his great commission from the Father and from the Son. And if I were to ask you, at least as I understand the word, and that doesn't mean that I'm absolutely perfectly correct, obviously. If I were to ask you what single verse seemingly capsulates, you have to forgive this old radiator system this morning, that seemingly capsulates the ministry of the Holy Spirit who was sent into the world by the Lord Jesus upon the authority that God the Father has given him. Remember, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. That authority has been granted unto Jesus from the Father. So what verse would encapsulate this is the primary, basic, comprehensive ministry of the Holy Spirit? John 15, 26. Now, you have to get this. You must make sure you get this. This is not just one of those verses that, hey, be nice if you knew this, Donnie. Be real nice. James, it'd be okay if you knew. This is a primary uh, uh, passage. When you look at Colossians 2.17, a primary passage in Christ All of these types and shadows of the Old Testament are fulfilled. That means that everything about the Old Testament is about Christ. 
So that's a primary, one of these foundational statements that the Holy Spirit makes throughout the Word. And so what is said about the ministry, the purpose, the comprehensive necessity of the giving of the Holy Spirit? What does Jesus say when he sends the Spirit? He will what? At the end of the verse, 1526 of John, what does he say? He will what? Bear witness or testify of me. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. This means that anything and everything that the Holy Spirit does has one central purpose, primarily supported by all kinds of ministry activities. And that one purpose is to deposit into us and to develop into us, if you would, the seed of the woman. Genesis 2.15, remember this seed, this man, this risen Christ. And so the Holy Spirit is given to us to manifest Christ just in the same way that the Holy Spirit was upon Jesus in his earthly incarnation for one purpose, for one purpose, primarily. John 16, 9, I think it is. Jesus says, Philip, why do you ask me to show, the, why do you ask, show me the Father? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. How have they seen and heard and identified and experienced God the Father in this man, Jesus Christ? By the Holy Spirit. Apart from the presence and work of the Holy Spirit in the Lord Jesus, you and I would never have experienced the Father. Amen? You see, Jesus, even this man, could not and did not, was not able to manifest the Father on his own. So that's the work of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if I don't go anywhere else this morning. This is the Holy Spirit's ministry. Now, we would ask you, what's the ministry of the Holy Spirit? We'd list a whole lot of stuff. And so, here it is again, just a little differently. The Holy Spirit, who is one with the Father and the Son in communion forever. The communion of the Holy Spirit, the communion of the persons of the Trinity. He brings that communion, especially the communion that exists between the Father and the Son. That communion, that community, that communication of love, which He is intricately a part of as the Father and the Son are. He brings that to us. So that in us, we are now being brought into, have been and continuing to be brought into experientially more and more, 
the very communion that exists between especially the Father and the Son. Second Peter 2.4. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so last week and this week and next week, we're talking about a, at least three areas specifically where Jesus is being manifested in us and through us to the world by the Spirit. And, and I'm really wrestling with this, and I need your prayers. I need your prayers, first of all, to do it, and then secondly, when to do it. And then, mostly, to do it. I don't know whether I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit to put together a teaching on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. So you need to be praying. Do be praying. Amen. Would you do that? I need to hear from the Heavenly Father. Is this the old man's personal propensity? Or is this the Father's will that is beginning to bubble up and, you know, create in me a desire? So the bearing witness. Why? Always why. Ask why something happened. Why? Why? And if you ask enough whys, where will you get? You will get all the way to the foundation. Ask why. So let me follow my notes a little more carefully than sometimes I do. The eternal purpose. Why is it so important that Jesus be manifested in us? The eternal purpose of the Father is fulfilled in that he is glorified in his Son. So that as the Son is manifestly glorified in us, the Father is glorified in us. You see, the Father's great gift to the church, his gift of love to the church is his Son. Jesus is the Father's great gift. I have a feeling I'm not going to go all the way through these notes today. Jesus is the, the gift of the Father to the church is the gift of love who is his son. And the son is given to the church personally and experientially by the Spirit. So you see, this is always a Trinitarian work. Always. The Trinity, the persons of the Trinity work indivisibly, but not individually. Amen, Andy? You can say amen to that. Say it, brothers. The persons of the Holy Trinity work indivisibly, not individually. All three are always involved in every and any work of ministry. You see, this means that the eternal glory of the Father is centered in the revelation of the person and work of the Son. In the people of his love, as we see from these two scriptures. So as the, the, the son of God's glory, as he is set in his people. And in, as his people are by the spirit being brought into conformity with the son of God. They are being brought into the conformity and experience of the glory 
that is the Son's. Remember, Father, glorify me with the glory that you, I had with you from the beginning. Remember John 17, 1, as Jesus begins the prayer. And as we are being brought into the glory of the Son of God by the ministry of the Holy Spirit progressively in our lives, the glory of the Father is being manifested by the glorious work of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 1, 3, the Son is the radiance of the glory of God. And so the glory of God the Father is residential in me by the glory of the Son through the Holy Spirit. And so you can't have the glory of the Father apart from the glory of the Son who purchased the ability for us to be partakers of his glory and cannot have it unless the Holy Spirit is given to us as the dispenser of his glory. It's a Trinitarian work. So let's make sure that we are allowing the Holy Spirit to expand our minds and knowledge and understanding of this great God of ours. Causing us to say, who are you? Who are you that you would live in me? Who are you? It would do many of us better if we spent more prayer on who are you, God, than what about me? If you want your life to be transformed more and want more of the prayer needs that you have to be answered, spend more time about, with, and for the Father. How many of you are grandfathers in here? Okay, and I'm not deprecating fathers, but or fathers. And your child, your son, has needs and needs and weaknesses. The more that boy spends with you, the more you are able to pour into his life yourself so that in doing so what is going on in his life can begin and continue to be overcome and managed by your wisdom and knowledge and discernment amen it's that fellowship that communion this is the essence of our christian life not function communion Fellowship that produces function. Fellowship. So 1 Corinthians 1.9. For God is faithful, who has called us into the function of the Holy Spirit. No, who has called us into the fellowship, fellowship of his Son. And Jody, from the fellowship comes what? The function. Do you have children? And because of they are yours and your fellowship and your love for them, you function in a certain way. What's the basis of the function? Your love for them. Am I right? Is this unusual? No. And this is the way God is. I must proceed. Therefore, to assure the Father's purpose, the Spirit is sent to manifest the glory of the risen King of glory in his people. So this morning we're going to look at the first 
I think we'll get through it. Well, we'll see. First of the two main ways how the Holy Spirit manifests Jesus in us. There are two main ways. The fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Now, this is not an exhaustive presentation of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. There is no such thing as an exhaustive presentation. No one on earth could ever do it. We couldn't do it all together. But at least we're touching on the two main, I think, areas of ministry in which the Holy Spirit manifests Jesus. At least the two that I felt led to share. You may have others. I don't dispute them. I don't argue about them. I'm just doing how I feel being led by the Holy Spirit. And this is what he gave to me. The fruit of the Spirit, the character of Christ, and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the work of Christ. You see it? The character and the work. So this morning, let's go through the fruit of the Spirit for a little bit. <clears throat> in First John, are you with me on the notes? Or, or, are we okay on our notes or in here? Okay. Again, thanks to Evan May, if you like the notes and they're helpful, make sure you let Evan know. He spends a little time on doing this after the old man has given him his notes and he has to plow through these and try to figure out what in the world is he talking about. First John 2, 5 and 6, the Apostle John explains how Jesus is manifested. How, how, how? Whoever keeps my word, remember God's word, what does keep mean? Whoever keeps, what does it mean? Say it again louder. One more time, brother. Obey. Obey. Oh, it's that horrible word. Obedience. Legalism. No. No way. Obedience is where the glory of the Son of God is. And the ability for Jesus to go to the cross as our Redeemer was based on two things. That he was the Son of God and the Son of Man. That one thing. And as the Son of God, the Son of Man, the incarnation of the, uh, of the Son of God in the man Jesus Christ. On the ground of his obedience, he purchased us our salvation. Correct? Paul calls it the obedience of faith. Whoever keeps God's word. In him, truly, the love of God is perfected, is being perfected, is being matured. By this, we may be sure that we are in Christ. Now, look what he says. Not because you walk down an aisle. Not because at Alpha Retreat, you raised your hand and you prayed to receive Christ with Frank and Annette and the others in the other room. That's not how you assure your heart. How do I know that what I did then, how do I know that what I experienced at that time, how do I know that it was God? Don't stand on, well, I received Christ when I was 15 years old and I went down and I prayed and I felt something and whatever. And that's wonderful. But how do you know that when that happened, that just wasn't what you ate the night before? And you had a funny experience. This is how you know. We may be sure that we are in him, in Christ. Whoever says he abides in Christ ought to what? Walk in the same way in which Jesus walked. And how does that happen? As the Holy Spirit deposits in us the very life of the Son of God and develops in us 
the reality of that life and all of its vicissitudes. So, if I would ask you, in a ter- you know, terse means, what does terse mean? Short. If I would ask you, give me a terse statement or definition of the gospel, what would you write? How does Paul put it? The gospel of God's Son. The gospel is what? The revelation of the person and work of Jesus Christ. He is the gospel. The gospel isn't doctrine. The gospel isn't evangelism. The gospel, it contains all that. But the gospel is the person of God's love in his son redemptively for us by the spirit. Right, Frank? You teach out for how many years you've been doing this? 20 years and you're still trying to figure it out. No, and he's, 20 years he's been doing it and he'll tell you. The gospel is God's son. We get back to it again relationship, fellowship, communion, communication. And what's the other word? <laughs> Help me. Communion, communication, and what? What was the third one? What? I said it in the beginning. I gave all three to you when I already, one went out of my mind just like that. Communication, communion, and no, no, another C word, communion word. Well, if you remember, give it back to me later. <clears throat> Sometimes I, I forget words and whatever. It's just what happens. So look at the word walk. The word walk is parapeteo. It has to do with our way of life. It's how you're living. Therefore, what John is saying is that the way Jesus walked is to be visibly displayed in us. And what is visibly visibly displayed in the way Jesus walked? The love of the Father for the Son was being visibly displayed in the life of Jesus. The love of God the Father for God the Son was visibly displayed in the love of that Jesus manifested and experienced in his walk on a daily basis, correct? So that's why Jesus could say, John 14, 9. I think it's John 14, 9. Someone better check me out on that. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you have seen the Father's love, you've seen the Father's love through the love that I have for you. This means that the Spirit fulfills Jesus' promise to testify me. What verse is it? He will bear witness of me. What verse is it? John what? 1526. You got to have it. Got to have it. Got to have it. Got to have it. 1526. The Spirit fulfills this ministry, this primary purpose of Genesis 1-1. Why Genesis 1-1? Why? So that the glory of the Father's loving grace may be displayed. That is, the glory of the Father's love for his Son may be lovingly displayed through his loving grace in his people. Through the atoning death of his Son applied by the Holy Spirit. This is why. And in all of this, the glory goes where? Ultimately, to God be the glory. So this means that the Spirit fulfills Jesus' promise by reproducing the same love of God that Jesus' image in his life. Remember? Colossians 1.15. 
He is the what? Image of the invisible God. And what did you see of the Father? And what do we see of the Father in the life of Jesus? We see the love of God the Father for God the Son and the reciprocal love of the Son for the Father, all produced by the love and ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's always Trinitarian. The most important truth about God is Trinitarian truth. That's it. Jesus has saved us because of the Trinitarian truth. We have the Holy Spirit because of the Trinity. God created because of the Trinity to display who he is in himself and how these three divine, equal, eternal persons relate. It's an amazing. And people say, the Bible's not true. The characteristics of God's divine love. So, how do... How do I know? How do I know? I'm a Christian, and I believe I'm saved. You're a Christian. You believe you're saved. That means you believe that the Holy Spirit is living in you, reproducing the image of Christ in you, Colossians 8, 29, for whom he, he has predestined us to be what? Conformed to the image, the image of his Son, which means the image of the love of the Father for the Son. And the love of the Son for the Father. That's what we're imaging. So, Dwayne, how do I know that's happening? I have to have some kind of idea. Am I on the right road? You ever travel and you're looking for these road signs? How many of us use those little computer things that tell us where to turn? I went to a funeral yesterday, and it said turn here. I turned there, and I went down that street, and it was over there. So I don't know whether I heard it wrong or held it upside down. I'm not sure. But that's real easy for me to do. I went to pick up Cody today, and I've been, Cody, where are you, Cody? I know you're in here. Where, raise your hand. It's okay. It's a Pentecostal church. And I, I said, where are you? Spruce and Pine. I went there, and I couldn't find him and had to call him. Where are you? Where is this? Where? I don't do well with directions. Gene can tell you this. Don't ever rely on following me somewhere. You're going to wind up in Kokomo somewhere. <laughs> What were you talking about? And so how do I know I'm on the right road? Galatians 5, 23. These, this is a, an encapsulation, not exhaustive, but an encapsulation of probably the most basic road signs, identifiers, activities of God's love revealing in us that the Holy Spirit is manifesting Jesus in me. Called what? The fruit of the Spirit. Now let's take a look at it. We're going to go through it pretty quickly. We're not going to do an exhaustive thing. But first of all, I want you to see the word carpo, C-A-R-P-O-S, is the word fruit. It doesn't say fruits. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is one fruit. It's one fruit. You see, an apple tree produces what? What is the fruit of the apple tree? An apple. You know, the nature of apple. Now, it produces it through all kinds of branches. But every one is speaking of a central fruit. Does that make sense to you? 
all these branches and apples are really speaking about what? Apple. And so the fruit of the Spirit is, what is it called? Love. Love. Now, let's be honest. How many of us know, well, you don't have to be honest in this, you know that. How many of us know that we are called to be loving one another? What about the rest of you? (laughs) How many of you really think we're called by God to love one another? You can actually raise your hands. Okay. Anthony, you can, don't you believe that? Warren, don't you all believe that? I love this. People that don't call on me, I won't call on you. Hey, Steve. So, and so here's, we know this to be true, right? You know it to be true. We're saved to call to love one another. Why? Because 1 John 4, 10, because God is love. And the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Romans 5, 5. So we know that. So, kid, this is how we pray. Help me, make me love him better. We want God to take our love and improve it. Are you here today? Improve my love. The problem is our natural love is a damning love. My love is a damning love. It's the love for whom, Jody? Me. It's the love accentuates me, my, mine. So what does it say? It says the fruit or the love of the Spirit. This love is God's own unique divine love that exists within himself among the three persons. It is an intra, I-N-T-R-A. It is an intratarian love that exists nowhere else in all eternity or in creation. Never, ever, sorry, there is, n- there is no place where that love exists in and of itself intrinsically in the creation. It is absolutely alien to the creation. Now, we have to get this because the problem that one of the problems that we have is that we are stumbling along, not doing whatever, because we are still thinking it's something that God is trying to make my love better. Help me to love my husband better. Help me to love that knucklehead husband, wife of mine, what? Better. It won't happen. It ain't going to happen. Now, God is merciful to do what really is necessary, but the way you're asking it, he ain't going to do it that way. He's not going to do it that way. Can you imagine you trying to love Ronnie with your own love? You'll kill the man. (laughs) Ronnie, this is what happened to all your hair. Because I know when y'all were married, you had a whole bush up there, and it's all gone. Man, I had a whole lot of hair too, but... (laughs) Oh, if only we had another hour. We have to get this. This is God's love. This is the love of the Father. 
the divine, unique love of the Father that he has for his own son. This is the divine, unique love of the son that he has for his father. This is the unique, divine love of the Holy Spirit. That the Father has and the Son has and the Holy Spirit. This is that love. And this is that love which has been deposited into us by the Holy Spirit. I just quoted to you Romans 5, 5. For the love of God, God's own personal love, the intra-Trinitarian love that exists among the three persons of the Trinity. This is that love that has been deposited or poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Why? Because he is the love of God to us and in us. He is the love of Jesus Christ to us and in us. He is the love of the Father to us and in us. And so you see, when he comes into our lives, he brings to us the most fundamental proof that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not by us being able to raise the dead, although we believe in that. Not by us evangelizing the world and preaching the gospel. The most fundamental truth that Jesus Christ is Lord in himself and in us is the love of God is being displayed in us, which is the love that Jesus has for the Son and the Father. I'm sorry. Jesus has for the Father and the Father has for the Son. And the Holy Spirit is the purveyor of or planted the one who plants that love and matures it in us. This is the Trinitarian love that exists among the three persons of the Trinity. Oh, I've already said all that, haven't I? Let me go down to the end of my notes. How is this happening? First of all, If the Holy Spirit does not reside in you, does not live in you, you are not a child of God. How do I know I'm a Christian? What is the basic proof that I'm a Christian? Not what I have done and not what I have experienced, but what God has done by his spirit. Those who have the spirit are the children of God. That's the proof. And what is the proof that I have the spirit? He is producing in me the fruit which is what? The love of God. And so how is he reproducing it in me? It's called the work of sanctification. Sanctification. This is a progressive work. The apostle says in Romans 12 too, be you transformed, transformed, taken from where you were to where God will take you. Be you transformed what? By the renewing of your mind. How is our mind being renewed? By the work of the Spirit. As he is not trying to improve my nature or my love, but that he is replacing my, what did I say was, kind of a damnable love, what did I call it? Yeah, but what kind of love did I call it a while ago? 
damning love, that he will replace my damning self-love with his life-giving grace love, right? And he's doing that, Romans 8, 29. You know these verses now, by conforming us to Christ. In other words, reproducing in me the very person and character and activities of the Son of God. So that when they see and experience us, they're seeing Jesus. Do you know what the most powerful evangelistic activity is? It's not Alpha. It's not on the street preaching. It's this. That a person meets you. And being with you. They have met Jesus. And meeting Jesus the Holy Spirit will either drive that person away or will win that person into eternal life. Jesus says, this is my commandment that you love one another. And so glorify the Father. Remember John 15, 8. The love of God is the only weapon of evangelism that the church has. Now, it works out in a number of activities. It works out, hopefully, in another number of things that we do. Romans 2.4, don't you know that it is the goodness, the loving kindness of God that leads us to repentance? It's not how well you know the Bible, and we should know the Bible well. It's how much Jesus' love is being manifested in you, and you are are reciprocatingly loving him. How, mostly? By loving the brethren. Oh, my God. I have to love you people? Wait a minute. You don't live with my wife. You don't know my husband. You don't know. Anything short of that is idolatry and blasphemy. Paul tells these people, because of you, the name of God, the love of God, is blaspheme among the Gentiles. You see, blasphemy is not the result when the world does this and that, those filthy people in the world. Blasphemy is when we don't love one another. With God's personal, unique love being produced in us by his spirit. Well, this week, this week I'm going to try to love more. Bam, 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 bam. And you're going to fail more. This week I'm going to ask, believe, receive, cooperate with, trust, Holy Spirit. Be more and more reproducing the love of my Heavenly Father for the Son and the Son's love for Him in me and through me. Right? So let me go through very quickly these words. For the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Okay. What is, the first word is the experience of love, which is what? Joy. You see it? In, is it in your notes? 
then the effect of the love, and we won't go into the details, the effect of the love is what? Peace. And the expression of the love are the rest of the words. Right? So you see the way love is broken down here. So, how many of you would like to be more patient? So here what we say, make me more patient. Are you with me? What's wrong with that? Bomb, 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 bomb. Well, I thought I was supposed to be more patient, Rosa. You are. Not with what? My patience, I ain't got no patience that reflects the love of God. Any patience that I do in myself is a self-centered, self-aggrandizing patience that makes me look is something for and about me. Kindness, more, make me more kind. Gentle, make me more gentle. Faithful, make me more Faithful. He's not going to make me anything. He is going to be reproducing the gentleness, the faithfulness, the kindness, the goodness, the uh, patience. Which one? Self-control. Have I said all of them? I didn't give them in order. Of Jesus Christ for us. By the way, make sure you do see this. Joy and peace are aspects of God's love that reside in him, that are part of his nature. The rest of them is not how Jesus relates to the Father. Jesus doesn't have patience with the Father. (laughs) The Father isn't having to be kind to the Son. Those are the way God's love comes to us and operates in us. Those words have to do with us, correct? That's how we identify the first two being essential to God's nature and the rest having to do with the outworking of God's nature in me. Patience, kindness, gentleness. You see what I'm talking about? So this week, let's be asking the Holy Spirit. I'm worn out by trying to be more patient and kind and gentle and understanding and faithful. And How many of you get worn out with this? Are you, are you with me? How many of this wears you out? That's the work of the flesh. Ask for and believe that the transcendent presence and power of the Holy Spirit who is bringing us into communion with the Father and the Son is reproducing in us the very God's patience with us, God's gentleness with us, God's goodness in us, God's faithfulness toward us, God's self-control, you know, bringing about God, God is self-control in us, etc. That's what you're praying for. Father, Reproduce in me the patience that you have toward me. Would you make it mine, Janine? Would you make the kindness that you have toward me in Christ, would you make that the kindness that I'm experiencing and giving? Would you make the whatever word it is in that list? That's where the love of God and the glory of God is, correct? There's more to say, but we don't have time. Next week, we'll talk about, what's the next one? I forgot. The gifts of the Spirit. Thank you.